All right, kids. Oh, you're already up in the front pew already. You tricked me. Come on up, guys. Everyone who wants to come on up, come and take a seat on the front pew. I'm gonna, I've got a game for us to play real quick, if that's okay. You love games, I love games. But I have to find my first, my one, my verse. That song, you mean? Oh, the kids' class? After this, yes, you will go to the class. Uh, we'll see. I forgot to mark it down and I can't find it real quick, but that's okay. I know what I'm looking for. I want to tell you guys a story, real quick story, about Jesus. Jesus was talking to his friends and he said to them, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know me. My sheep know my voice. When I call to them, they come to me. Do you know who the sheep are? We. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, all of us who are Christians, we are the sheep. So we have to learn how to listen for Jesus's voice. The problem is when Jesus was on the earth, they could see him just like you guys can see me and they could hear his voice just like you can hear my voice. But now that Jesus is living up in heaven with his father in heaven, we have to learn how to hear his voice. And the problem is we can't see him. So we have to learn to listen. And I want to play a game with you guys. That kind of gives us an idea of what it's like to listen for the voice of the shepherd. So who wants to be Jesus? Who wants to be the shepherd? Come on up. You stand right over there. Who wants to be the sheep? Okay, you stand over there. Now, this is what you're going to do, Jesus. You're going to, what's your name? Annabelle. This is Annabelle and this is Jesus. And Jesus is going to say, Annabelle, come on and see me. Say it. Say, Annabelle, come on over here. Annabelle, come on over here. Stop! <laughs> you know why you have to stop? Because sometimes when we are going to see Jesus, things try to get in our way. And you can't go past that. So you have to ask Jesus, how do I get to you, Jesus? There's something in the way. And tell her what to do. Nope, don't move it. Tell her to go around it. Go around it. Stop! <laughs> Sometimes there's even more things in the way. You know what? We're going to put this real close to here so that they don't try to go between them. All right, tell her to come on again. No, you could just keep going. Pretend like it's a... Stop! Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Sometimes there's lots of things in the way. You're just using chairs. I know, but we pretend like it could be things that could be hard for... And then you say, come on, go around the, go around the stool. And now you're there. Okay, so Annabelle just got to Jesus. She was able to follow Jesus' voice. But we're going to make it harder because remember I said, you can't see Jesus right now, can you? Go back. <coughs> so now Jesus you're going to have to help her to not fall and get hurt 
You only take a little step until he tells you to go, okay? Don't take any steps until he tells you to go, but when he does, just take small steps. Tell him to say loud voice, real loud voice. Tell her what to do. Go which way? Oh, go to the right, Annabelle. Go this way. How many more times? Once or twice? One, two more times this way. Uh-huh. Now, what does she do now? Come forward. Ah! You bumped into the stool. How does she get around the stool? Tell her what to do. Is it falling down? Yeah, hold on. It's hard, isn't it? There you go. Is it, are you okay? Here. I'll make it really hard. There you go. Now you can't see nothing. All right, go ahead. Say again. No, she has to hear his voice. Come this way. Okay, now what? Go this way. Uh-huh. And this way more time. And then tell her what to do. Keep talking to her. Keep talking to her. <laughs> Isn't that hard? It's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Annabelle. You can go ahead and sit down, Jesus. What is your real name? Roma. Roma. Thank you so much. Go ahead and sit down, man. Wouldn't that be hard? Yeah, because but the reality is, the, the reality is, is that you have to do that because we can't see Jesus, but we, the Jesus promises we will be able to hear his voice. So we need to learn to listen for his voice and he will talk to us. Sometimes he talked to us when we're reading the Bible, because sometimes the Holy Spirit will just talk to us from the Bible. Sometimes when your pastor is talking, you hear God speaking to you. Sometimes when your Sunday school teacher is talking to you. Sometimes when your mom and dad talk to you, it's God talking to you and telling you things. You need to learn to listen for God's voice so that you can get to be with God someday. Isn't that cool? Now, that was hard, Annabelle, wasn't it? My grandpa is always with God. Well, you know why it, would, why, it's, why it was hard is she had to listen carefully for his voice. And she also had to trust that he wasn't going to help her have her walk into a blocking thing. So anyway, let, yeah, your grandpa is already with God, isn't he? I loved your grandpa and he's a, he was a friend of mine, but I will see him a day, again someday. Let's pray. Jesus, bless these kids. Help them, Lord, to learn to listen for your voice, to recognize your voice and not any other voice and to follow it alone. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. All right. Can you please take this chair and put it back there? And can you take this stool and put it back there? And the rest of you guys go back see Miss Charlene to your class. Okay. Thanks, guys. Right over there against the wall. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Jesus was very soft spoken. <laughs> All right, um, I have maps to pass out again, so can I get a couple of adults to come by and grab them, and I'll put them right here, and if you'll pass them out. These are actually the same map as last time, but I knew you wouldn't bring them back, so I'm passing them to you. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 23.
First Samuel chapter 23, just to recap where we're at. David is on the run from King Saul. Um, David had to take his mom and dad down to Moab to get them out of harm's way. David then ended up um, with 400 people who gathered around him at the cave of Adullam. And then at the very end of uh, chapter 22, Abiathar, who was the son of uh, Ahimelech, who was the high priest, came to David, bringing with him the ephod, which was the way that the high priest would discern the voice of God. So that's where we're at. So let's go to verse chapter 23, verse one. Now they told David who they is. We don't know. Bible doesn't tell us. They told David, behold, the Philistines are fighting against this word. K-E-I-L-A-H. K-E-I-L-A-H. It is a small town. It is pronounced Kyla or Kila or Kayla. Nobody wants to, to agree. I looked in scholar after scholar after scholar. However, one scholar said there's a current town in Palestine called Q-U-I-L-A, Kyla. And he said it makes sense that that name wouldn't have changed through the years. So his standing is that it's Kyla. I don't care what you call it. Just know that it was a, a town. Now, if you look at your map. Oh, I gave away all my maps. <laughs> I forgot to keep one. Okay, because you can't see it on the screen, unfortunately. It's just too, too small. But if you look at the map, if you see on the upper left quadrant, you'll see the number five under the word Philistia. Then you look to the right of that, you'll see the number 16. Then to the right of that, you'll see the number six. That's Adullam. That's where the cave was, where David was. Then you go to 10. That's Kyla. Do you see that? So David finds out that the Philistines have come and attacked the, his brothers and sisters, his Israelite brothers and sisters in the village of Kyla. So, verse 1. David is told the Philistines are fighting against Kyla and are robbing the threshing floors. What does it mean to rob a threshing floor? Anybody? Go ahead. Steal all their wheat, steal all their food. They have just harvested their grain. They are now threshing it, trying to get the chaff out of the grain, throwing the seed up into the air, letting the chaff blow away. The seed falls down. Once it's all clean, then they can store it and put it away for their, for their food. And the Philistines have come during the harvest to steal their food. Okay, so this is a pretty significant thing. Therefore, verse 2, Therefore David inquired of the Lord. Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Kyla. Now, did Jesus come down and talk to David face to face? Probably not. Although in the Old Testament, we do see times when the angel of the Lord, which scholars believe was the pre-incarnate Jesus, come down and speak to prophets. But this is not what we are seeing. What we are seeing. Am I coming through? I'm, it sounds like I'm not. Am I cutting it out? Can I get some batteries, please? Because I'm losing it. And it won't be recorded otherwise. I almost checked. I almost checked the uh, batteries before, I, before the service, but I forgot to. 
aqui. Better? Is that better? Okay. All right. So the Philistines are stealing the food from the Israelites. David inquires of the Lord. It's not the angel of the Lord that is appearing to David. David goes to the high priest and says, inquire of God for me. Now, if you remember anything about the garb of the high priest, the guard, the priest has what's called an ephod. It's a cloth rectangle that has 12 stones. There's three rows of four or four rows of three. I can't remember which. But anyway, the stones representing the tribe of Israel. There are actually pouches inside the ephod. And there are the Urim and the Thummim inside the um, the ephod pockets. So when the king would come to the to the high priest and say, ask God if I should da-da-da-da, most of the time they would be asking a yes or no question. In other words, a question that could be answered either yes or no. Why would they do that? Because the high priest, this sounds crazy, but this is exactly what they did. The high priest would reach in the pockets of the ephod, take the Urim and the Thummim out and go, come on, daddy needs a new pair of shoes. That's literally what they were doing. Okay. It was black and white, black and white. Throw them down. If it's all black, it's this. If it's all white, it's this. If it's black and white, it's a man. Not sure. Okay, and I don't know what the actual thing was. And I'm not trying to be sacrilegious. This is really what they did. They truly believed that God controlled the Urim and Thummim and gave his voice through that. So the king would come to the high priest and say, am I supposed to go do this? So David, although he's not the king yet, he's anointed to be the king. And he comes up and he says, shall I go and attack? And the answer is yes. Verse three. But then David's men say to him, uh, David, we're kind of scared. I mean, we're here in Judah and we don't feel safe. How much more if we go to Kila and, and against the armies of the Philistines? Now, why would they think, why would they be afraid? We aren't given an answer for their mindset. But later on, we see that Saul says, and I'm not going to take the time to read all of this. But Saul says, aha, they went to Kila. I got them now. They're trapped inside the city. Where there's gates and bars on the windows. <laughs> I'm going to go get them because they're trapped. Okay. So the men were probably thinking the same thing. We are out in the open right now when we don't feel safe. And you're asking us to go to a walled city to work, uh, to help these people. But that means we're going to be trapping ourselves in an enclosed place. And Saul's going to be able to come and get us and kill us. Well, David then goes back to the high priest. Verse th- uh, four. He goes back to the high priest and he says, Lord, should I go down to Kila? And the Lord answers him, arise, go down to Kila, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kila and fought with the Philistines and brought away the livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Kila. When Abiathar, the son of Elimelech, had fled to David to Kila, he came down with the ephod in his hand. That's the proof that we just that we know that that's what they just did. Now it was told that David, that told Saul that David had come to Kila and Saul said, ha ha, God has given him into my hand. He shut himself into an entering town that has gates and bars and blah, 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 blah. So anyways, let's, let's, let's talk about this for just a second. David is faced with an interesting dilemma. Okay. David has just taken his mom and dad to Moab to, for safekeeping and his brothers for safekeeping. 
Then he comes back and he's got these 400 men who are following him and he's trying to lead these people. But he's not a king. He's a man who's running for his own life. And these people have joined him and he said, come on, let's band together and we'll support each other and we'll, we'll encourage each other. We'll keep each other safe because all of these people are on the run. Even Abiathar the priest is on the run because that's how his whole family was just killed by King Saul. And Abiathar escaped with his own life, bringing with him the high priest garb so he could go still be a high priest. But he's a high priest for David now, not the king, Saul, which one scholar said, that's a really interesting to think about. Saul is the king. He's supposed to be inquiring of the Lord every action that he takes. But God removed the, the, the source of the voice from King Saul. Why? Because King Saul was killing all the priests. He rejected God. Right then and there, he rejected God. So God, who had already declared and anointed David to be the future king, brought the voice of God to be with King David. But he's not king yet. It's an interesting dilemma. Because what is he supposed to do? He's not king. It's not his responsibility to go rescue those fellow Israelites. He's a man on the run for his own life. But he has a calling on his life. God has anointed him to be the leader and protector and king of the nation of Israel. Even though it's not there yet, the calling is still there. And so he's struggling. Ah, God, I don't know what to do. I feel drawn to go help these people in Kyla, but God, I'm on the run myself. And God very clearly through the voice of God, through the ephod said, go, I'll take care of you. And so David's like, okay, guys, we're going to be going to Kyla. And they're like, oh, we ain't going to Kyla. No, 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 no. Well, he's not their king yet. He can't order them. They've aligned themselves with him, but he's still in this, this honeymoon period, if you will, with this group of 400. So what does he do? He honors their fear. He doesn't say, I'm in charge and we're going because I got the voice of God. He said, all right, let's talk about the fact that you're struggling with this. I'm convinced, but you're not. So let's do this. And so they go back to the high priest and ask exactly the same question. And the high priest says, from God, go. I will take care of you. I will deliver you. So they go and they have the blessing of God so that not only do they uh, rescue the food that was being stolen, but they do do such a a, a routing of the Philistines that they actually take all of their goods. I don't know. It doesn't say that they killed them. Maybe they killed them or maybe they just chased them off. We don't know. But then David and his guys are now settled in that village, that town, that barred city called Kilah. And something happens. It says, verse, verse 11. No, verse 12. 10, excuse me, I'm backing up. 10. When David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Kilah. Somehow David got word that Saul found out where they were. So David's first response when he finds out that his enemy is heading towards him. He said he goes to uh, 
He says, bring the ephod here. Talks to the, kid, the high priest. And David said, the Lord God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that the Saul seeks to come to Kila to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Kila surrender me to his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come. Then David said, will the men of Kila surrender me and my men to the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. Then David said to his men, who were about now 600 men, they arose and they departed from Kila and they went wherever they could go. In other words, they're on the run from Saul. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kila, he gave up his expedition and David remained in the strongholds of the wilderness in the country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him to his land. Now, we're not going to take time to read the rest of chapter 23. You can read that later. But there's more about Saul trying to capture King uh, chapter David, and there's more about how God rescues David, and it's a really cool story. However, we don't have time this morning. I want to focus on David and his interaction with God's voice. And the way I tell you this is, I have to first tell you my own story. In 2003, my best friend from college at Bible College uh, interviewed for a small church in Alaska called the Two Rivers Community Church of the Nazarene. And for weeks we were teasing him. Ha, you're going to go live with his polar bears and igloos. Ha. And the day after his phone interview, I called him and I said, hey, Chuck, how did it go? And he said, ah, we got halfway through the interview and we could tell it just wasn't a real good match for the two, for us and for the church. They, it, we weren't going to be the right couple for them. But my wife and I got a good sense that this might be for you and Renee. <laughs> and I went, Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I already have a plan in place. We're going to get it. I'm going to graduate in May and then I'm going to stay in Colorado Springs for a full year. I got a good job. Our daughter's getting ready to go into her senior year of high school. I'm going to stay here, take a year of just because it's been a tough six years, five years. And I'm going to just go and we're going to get the house ready for sale. And then around January, February time frame, we'll start looking for a church. And he said, well, is it okay if I at least tell the district superintendent that this is what my feelings are? And I said, you can tell him anything you want, but just let him know I ain't coming. Less than two hours later, I get a phone call from the district superintendent. Hi, this is Larry White, and I hear you're interested in coming to Alaska. And I said, oh, you hear wrong. (laughs) He said, what? I said, my friend Chuck said he thought this might be a good match for us. But I have no desire to come to Alaska. I'm not even seeking a church right now. And he said, well, would you at least be willing to send me your resume? And I went, sure. And I just happened to have a thumb drive with me. I was at work. So I said, I'll send it to you by email. So I went ahead and sent him uh, my resume. Two hours later, I get a phone call. You've got great references. I already cleared you. I'd love to set up an interview. Uh, Stop, stop. I haven't even gone home yet from work. My wife doesn't even know we've had this conversation and you want to set up an interview? Oh, well, go home and talk to your wife and then we'll then we'll set up an interview. So I went home and talked to Renee and she was like, this isn't what? And I said, God's opened a door. Maybe we should maybe we should at least pursue it. So we did. So I told the district superintendent to go ahead and schedule the interview. And it took weeks. Because these people in this town can't ever get in the same room at the same time for an hour. I don't know what the problem was. Anyway, no, seriously, it was hard for this was back long before COVID. So it was hard to get everybody in the same place at the same time 
for a telephone call so that they could hear and that I could be on the other end. So it ended up being scheduled for like a Wednesday night, I think it was. And um, I went to work that Wednesday morning. I worked at a Christian ministry in Colorado Springs. And on the campus of the Christian ministry, there were prayer chapels for the employees. And so I took my lunch. I was fasting that day, trying to ask God to give me a clear understanding of what his will was. Because I... I can read the Bible and I can pray. I can talk to friends, seek counsel, but I need to know that this is truly God's will for me to move halfway around the world, literally, to be the pastor. And so I was fasting and I went into the prayer room and I was praying and fasting and I was seeking God. And I literally said, God, I want to know that I know that I know when I get out of this room, I don't want to wait till the phone call tonight. And I looked up on the wall and they had letters on the wall, these were beautiful, uh, some professionally done artic, art, artistic sculpture thing of letters, and it was Philippians chapter 4. And it said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And God used that verse to confirm my calling to be the Two Rivers Church of the Nazarene Pastor. So I walked out of that prayer room during that lunch hour, having fasted and prayed, knowing full well that I was called to be the pastor. This was before the phone interview even happened. Then I get home and we do the phone interview. And at the end of the phone interview, we hang up. And Renee looks at me and she says, what do you think? I said, honey, I, I already knew before the phone call that we were called. I know. And she went, but I don't. I said, okay, well, we won't go until you do because we're a team. We're not going to go and do this, me pulling you and saying, I'm the, I'm the head of this household and you're just going to follow me and be submissive. So we waited. Well, um, Larry White called me a couple days later and wanted to know how the phone interview went. I said it went very well. And he said, I've heard good things and the, the church really excited about that. And, and, and they want to have you fly up for a face-to-face interview. And Renee said, no, no, let's just go. We don't need a face-to-face interview. And so I told him that. And he said, no, no, you're not coming to Alaska sight unseen. So we're going to fly you up. So we're still praying. She has no clear guidance that God wants us to do this. I mean, we're talking weeks. It took like three weeks or four weeks for us to finally get up here. Because the phone call for the initial phone call was early June. And our, 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 our visit was like July 11th and 12th, maybe the 20th. I don't remember now. Anyway, so we fly up. She still doesn't have confirmation. They wine us and dine us. Oh, they grape juice us and dine us. Uh, and we have all these fun activities through the whole weekend. And then during the service, Renee was sitting about where she's sitting right now. And God spoke to her very clearly during the service that that we are called to be the pastoral family. But then immediately after the service, there was a, a, a progressive dinner. And then we came back here at the end. And then we had a final service. And I preached one last time. And then we sat down and just talked. And I said to them. I have felt called since before the phone call when we had back in, 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 in early, late June. But Renee still doesn't have a clear cut call yet. And she went, oh, hold on, hold on, Bob. I, I do now. We haven't had a chance to talk, but I do now. And I was like, finally, yay. And then when the Holy Spirit very clearly said to me, you have two daughters sitting at home. And they need to be part of this as well. 
So I said to the board, I feel called. You heard my wife say she feels called, but we still have to go home and talk with our daughters. So I'm not going to answer yes yet, because if our daughters aren't good with us, we're not coming. So we went home and we had done video recording of two rivers and the church and all this stuff. So we after after school was out on Monday um, or maybe it was Tuesday. I don't remember now. Um, we all sat down in our living room and we turned on this video and we were showing the video and talking. And, and as the video was going, I looked over at one of my daughters and there were tears streaming down her cheeks. And I said, are you OK, baby? And she went. We're moving to the sticks. <laughs> and I said, sweetheart, we're not moving anywhere yet. We have to do this as a family. We're not going to force you guys to do something that you're not willing to do or want to do. And she said through her tears, no, we have no choice because if it's God's will, we have to go. And that was it. Our daughter said yes. So we called the next day and said we were coming. And 20 years later, we're still here. God's blessing. Now, had we done that in our own strength, without confirmation, without confidence, I can't say we would have been here 20 years. Because there would have been too many obstacles in the way. Jesus had to clear us around the field of obstacles. Jesus had to guide us step by step with his voice. And because we were a team, it had to be me and Renee and our daughters to finally come and do this as a family. And that's as I was reading this story of David and the village of Kyla being under attack and whether or not he felt compelled to do it because of his calling but he also had these 400 people he was responsible for. And he was like, I, 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 I. And the, the one thing we haven't talked about yet is David has never and never does go on the offensive against King Saul. King Saul continues to try to kill David, but never does David go on the offensive with his army against King Saul. So he's struggling with this constant trying to do the will of God, listening to the voice that's guiding him, but at the same time, trying to do what's honorable, not, you see over and over again, he's going to say, I will not my put my hand against the Lord's anointed. He says that over and over again in the coming months. I mean, coming uh, uh, chapters. And there's this, there's this thing that's going on in his heart. And I truly believe because David had a practice of listening for God's voice from the time he was a little boy out in the field with the sheep, throwing the rock with his sling all the way through to that present day. It had been David's practice whenever whenever he was faced with a challenge, he turned to God. He had the blessing as this situation of having the actual voice of God from the high priest in this in it, this scenario. But. I believe that this same thing is possible for every single one of us. Because Jesus said, I am going to the Father and the Father will send to you a paraclete, a comforter, a helper, the Holy Spirit of God. And this Holy Spirit of God will lead you into all truth. He will guide you. 
You simply have to learn how to hear the voice. And so the question for you this morning and the coming week is, do you know how to hear it? Because quite honestly, over almost 50 years of Christianity in my own world, it's different for every one of us. God meets us where we are. And God speaks to us in a way that we can understand and discern. The question is, are you listening? The question is, are you trying to hear him? God would never trick you. He would never trip you up. I mean, I mean, literally, is it Ro- Roma? Rain? What? Ro- Roma? I'm sorry? Roba, R-O-B-A. R-O-B-A, If Roba wanted to, he could have been a little so-and-so. And had her walk into all those things. Oh, just walk forward. But he was being good. He was really trying to help her to be, uh, to get through the obstacle course. And Jesus would never do that either. The Holy Spirit would never go, <laughs> I'll have you walk into the wall now. Now, he may have you walk into the wall, but there's a reason for it. The problem is, he doesn't always tell you everything up front. So you have to learn to trust him. And when something comes up that doesn't make sense, you still have to trust him. And when something comes up that doesn't look good, you still have to trust him. And if you can't hear his voice, then go back to the last time you know you heard his voice. And stay right there until you hear his voice again. And continue to listen and say, God, reveal your plan to me. Reveal your purpose. Reveal your, help me to hear your voice. Speak to me through your words. Speak to me through the impressions of your Holy Spirit. Speak to me through the pastor. Speak to me through my friends. Give me wise counselors. God, I'm listening. Help me to hear. That's the pattern that David has given us in this chapter. He did not know where he was supposed to go. He did not know what the plan was. He was trying desperately to honor God, honor the king who was the anointed of God, and honor these people who had rallied around him. And he didn't know what to do. So he did what he knew to do. He turned and asked God. And then whatever God told him to do, that's what he did. And so I encourage you, walk that way. Ask God to speak clearly to you. And I bet you, if you've never heard his voice before, you'll start hearing his voice. He will not. He will. The word says, if you ask him for a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask him for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. If you ask him for a clear voice, he's not going to just go, no. That's not his character. That's not how he acts. He always acts out of love to us. And he wants what's best for us. So if you're struggling right now, ask him to speak. And then listen carefully for it. And when you hear him speak, do what he says. And then ask again. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would bless us now as we go our separate ways. And help us, God. Help us to learn to hear you. And to follow what you say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.